Welcome to Inside the Ballet, a podcast series presented by Nashville Ballet's Community Engagement Initiative. At Nashville Ballet, we believe in the transformative power of art. Art is and has always been a facilitator for change, bringing about awareness, dialogue, empathy, and much more. Art brings beauty into our lives and makes the world a more hopeful, positive place. In our Inside the Ballet series, Nashville Ballet artists and creative experts will discuss the inspiration behind our upcoming performances, give insight into the creative process, and help listeners gain understanding of poetic, social, and cultural themes surrounding a work. Whether you are looking to increase your ballet IQ or learn more about how a ballet is brought to the stage, join us for Inside the Ballet and be transformed. Hey everyone, Brianna Richardson here with Inside the Ballet. Paul and I sat down with our Cinderella, Jamie Copet. Jamie is in her fifth season with the company, and she shares about how her ballet training took her overseas at the age of 15. Remember to subscribe, like, and share. All right, well, welcome, Jamie. Thank you. So I'm also joined, we are also joined by with Paul Vasterling here. Hello, Paul. Hello, nice to see you. You too. Happy day. It is, it is. So, um, Jamie, you are our Cinderella for this season, one of two Cinderella's for this season. Tell us about yourself. Where are you from? I'm from um, Huntington Beach, California, so Southern California. Um, You want to hear my story? Yeah, tell us more. Okay. Um, I started dancing when I was three because my older sister was dancing, so it just was kind of Mm -hmm. a natural progression, but... I wasn't super into ballet in the beginning. I actually really liked tap dancing. Mm -hmm. Um, But then when I turned around 13, I became obsessed with ballet. Yeah. I did a a summer intensive at San Francisco Ballet, and I just knew that's what I wanted to do. So then I started um, competing at YGP, and I got a um, scholarship to the Royal Ballet School. So then I moved there when I was 15 to uh, London, was there for not even two years, close to two years. And then I got my first job with American Ballet Theater in New York. So 15, you were overseas, solo by yourself? Yeah. No family. Well, I mean, there was dorms. Dorms. Yes, but no family. No family. Wow. Yeah. I really wanted to go. <laughs> My parents did not have a choice. <laughs> Literally, I left them no choice. I was going. Um, so by the time you were 17, 18, you had a job already. 17, I had my apprenticeship. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they start them young over there. <laughs> and then, then what happens? Then I danced there for six and a half years. Um, lots of highs and lows. Um Great opportunities. I mean, danced on the biggest stages all over the world, mm-hmm. t- toured, um, lots of injuries. Started to just like, I mean, like I said, I was 17. Mm-hmm. So I was kind of finding myself. Um, corps de ballet works really hard. Um, it's very strenuous on the body. Um, lots of shows. But obviously, um, I wouldn't trade my experience there for anything but I was definitely ready and excited to join Nashville Ballet yeah how many seasons you've been with this um it's this is my fifth season gosh I can't believe it. I know me yeah time just goes yeah goodness I know what are some of the I've been in Nashville for like 
ages. Like I feel so at home here. Yeah. What are some of the roles you've played with us? Um, a highlight was doing Stella and Streetcar for me. Oh, that, that was, was a pretty um, big um, moment for me artistically um, and responsibility wise and getting to dance with John was taught me like, yeah, so much. Um, that was very, very exciting. Um, I did do a concert on with Michael. That was another mm-hmm. highlight. Um, that was my really first big balancing moment I've had. I'd done some core stuff in theme and symphony and C, but I never really like dove into balancing. So that was, and it really just felt, I don't know, felt right for my body and I loved it. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, Nutcracker doing Sugar Plum and um, Snow Queen were very challenging strength-wise, technical-wise for me. So that was, those were some big moments for me in my career. And now Cinderella. Now Cinderella. Yeah. Tell us about Cinderella. She's fun. She's not your typical Cinderella. This is actually my fourth Cinderella I've done. Really? Obviously never as Cinderella, but... Um, she's strong and, um, you know, she like, she knows her strength. She knows her beauty. She knows despite everyone telling her otherwise, which is pretty remarkable if you think about that in real life. Mm -hmm. So it's fun to play her. What are some challenges about playing the Cinderella? Well, as all Paul work, it's technically challenging, (laughs) 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 which is good. It pushes you. So much. Um, and honestly, I don't think I'd be where I am today if I didn't have Paul Works strengthening me. And it's a lot of, he teaches us mind over matter, I think, sometimes. Just going for it. Yeah. But at the same time, you you know, executing everything musically and technically. And um, I think working with Brett and uh, that's kind of, not a new, we did a Peter Pan together, but mm-hmm. we haven't really dove into like a big role together. So that's really fun. Mm-hmm. Um, just learning to dance with new people. How's it working against those stepsisters? <laughs> <laughs> it's really hard to remember what's next when you're watching them because <laughs> they're so funny. Um, but no, they're great. It's so easy because all I have to do is react to them. Yeah, <laughs> They make... You know, it feels sometimes it feels like they're doing the work and I just get to uh, kind of go for the ride sometimes. And that's super fun. Um, obviously, they're just hilarious and it makes long rehearsals even more enjoyable with yeah. them in the room. <laughs> we got, had the pleasure of speaking with them last week and um, they were saying they don't know why it's called Cinderella. <laughs> saying that I when I tell people to come to see the show I'm not talking about Cinderella I'm talking about them <laughs> it sounds like it's a lot of fun they're having a ball in there yeah yeah absolutely Paul how is it uh watching Jamie out there as Cinderella well she she's alluded to a couple of things that I think are important for us to point out is a lot of the work that I do is character based and character driven but the technique is really important so one has to have a really solid technical base in order to, um, uh, you know, put the, the the story out there, and the story um, kind of emanates from the technique. 
So Jamie alluded to mind over matter. You know, I, sometimes I have to pull them back because we as ballet dancers particularly can be really uh, get kind of bogged down in some of the rules and some of the, uh, the technical and um, analyzation of the roles, right? And, and sometimes you just have to like let it go and be in the character and then the thing happens, you know, and that's kind of how my stuff is designed when I'm choreographing it. I'm, I'm actually working with who I have in front of me and the way they do it and the way they react to it and letting them uh, kind of do what they do in character. And then so we, we try to find you know, what comes out of it technically. And then we refine that. It's pretty interesting. Um, yeah. And it does end up being um, challenging. I mean, I like to do ballet, like, you know, the art form, which has lots of rules. It requires a really strong technical base to be able to do it and precision. Right. But then I don't want the audience to be thinking about the precision. I want them to be thinking about the emotion. I mean, cause that's the, that's the sweet spot. I tell this to the dancers all the time is uh, when the story and the emotion comes through a really precise technique, that's when you get sublime moments, you know, when you see a technique form and form and content uh, meld. And that's when you get these moments of like, well, what was that? What happened yeah. there? You know, and how, why did I feel that you don't know why? But it's because, you know, everybody was doing what they were supposed to be doing at the right time or you know, or every part of your body was doing what it was supposed to be doing at that right moment. And also you were in the moment dramatically, you know, so um, uh, that's what we aim for. It's, it's, it's tricky, isn't it? You're trying to find yeah, that. But I think when you think about as a choreographer and you put all those things already in the movement, it almost just makes it not easier for the dancer, but if I do the choreography as intended, I automatically am Cinderella. I don't have to slap it on top of it. Right. So I think that makes it so much more satisfying and um, just authentic. Yeah. Good. <laughs> What's your favorite scene to dance in Cinderella? <sighs> Um, it's probably hard to tell. At this I haven't point. done it all the way through yet, <laughs> but I mean, there's a lot of nice moments. I'm, it's nice to just have the whole stage by yourself. Mm. Um, I imagine <laughs> when I get to that part in the housing in the first act, um, she's very kind of dreamy and I kind of feel that similar vibe with mm -hmm. her. Um, just kind of like imagining herself being the best she can be, um, I think I'm going to enjoy that part. Um, also I like connections. So anything I do with my partner is always usually my favorite moments because it's so much more fun to feed off someone on stage mm -hmm. than it is to just be completely alone as well. So yeah. there's kind of two, I don't know, benefits to both, but also the, always like the end, <laughs> you know, when you've done it all, and that last, um, I've always been obsessed with the third act pot of the music. I just think it's like it's so the pretty. most perfect piece of yeah, music. So pretty. Every time I hear it, it like gives me chills. So that in itself, just listening to the music while yeah. dancing is kind of enough. It's supposed to be this moment of, uh, 
where every the the world drifts away and Cinderella and the prince are just alone with each other's souls. You know, everything else is gone and it's only supposed to be them, which is really a lovely romantic yeah, moment. What is a what is something you do before each performance? And I, I I ask this question because when I go see my favorite performers, I'm when I'm getting ready, I'm often wondering like, what are they doing in this very moment? You know, <laughs> it's five o'clock, the show's at seven. I'm getting dressed. I'm in the car in traffic. What is Jamie doing before um, a show? I'm pretty adamant about being fully warm, so that usually means doing at least bar. Mm-hmm if I already danced the whole day and I already took class, maybe I already had a show, mm-hmm. but I'll always do some more bar before I go on. Um, I do gyrotonic is what I teach and what I train my cross training. So I always try to incorporate a little bit of that, but that's a lot of equipment. So I'm not necessarily doing it like right before the show. But I think just getting my body ready physically is my most biggest thing. Mm-hmm. I usually do my makeup pretty fast, my hair pretty fast, but the rest I like to take my time. Yeah. So just before you hit that stage, any rituals, anything? No, I'm not very superstitious. No. Anything, no. <laughs> yeah. no. Nothing interesting. Oh, all right. We'll work on that. <laughs> What's it like? With the point shoe, we do this. There is this thing that we do here that isn't in other Cinderella's that mm-hmm. I know of. Is that mm-hmm. she starts off barefooted, and uh, she enters the the house scene barefooted. And the you know the the idea is that you know wearing point shoe is is a privilege that the sisters and the stepmother, who are just truly awful, uh, withhold from from her. And it's you know symbolic of uh, power and full self-realization, but I mean, sort of logistically and practically, mm-hmm. it's weird to have to be barefooted yeah. and then put on shoes. Well, I haven't done that part yet all the way through, so we're going to find out. Today I or ima- something, Yeah, right? I, I think it's today. <laughs> I imagine it's going to be a little strange, um, just because I'm used to kind of like <laughs> doing some not so yep. attractive things to feel comfortable in my shoes before I dance that I'm not going to get to do. But I think you have a starting like with some tondes and right, some echapes and things. Yeah, know, I think a little bit. I think it should be fine. We'll find out. <laughs> <laughs> normally, yeah, normally what a woman does is put her shoes on and then kind of warms her feet up in the shoe and actually warms up the shoe a little bit, literally warms it up. Yeah, to kind of mold True. to her feet. So I'm wondering if you're going to have a special kind of specially broken in pair of shoes that you'll wear there. I'll probably do a bunch of stuff in those shoes and get them like nice and ready and then just take them off right before. Mm-hmm. Need a like little, that. where are the shoes? We need a little warmer <laughs> <laughs> wherever they're stored on stage. Yeah. Stick them in the microwave or something. Ideally or one as an audience member forgets that the ballerina is wearing point shoes, at least in my, I would strive for that in my ballets. That's just a natural extension of their technique and not something that's, you know, shiny and out there, but more yeah, just part absolutely. of their leg. And, um, that's why we, you know, that's why I was wondering how, she, how it would feel. Cause she has to put her shoes on in front of everybody, which is also really unusual mm-hmm. and making that look graceful is probably a challenge. I yeah. Probably not being like right. <laughs> staying calm. <laughs> yep. Yep. Yeah. We'll have to practice. 
Do you have enough time to put them on? How long do you get to put them I on? Is that a like, thing I, in your head? Like, I got to get them on in I three think, counts. <laughs> I think it's, um, we've actually done a lot of fast foot changes, uh, shoe changes here in this company since I've joined. It's a thing. It's a thing. We do that here. So I've, I've been trained. I've been prepped. Even in, <laughs> uh, in Snowblind, there's a lot yeah, of foot changes. Yeah, yeah. That's coming up yeah, at the end of the All year. sorts of choreographers are doing it. Um, mm. So... Luckily, I don't think it'll be too shocking for me to switch shoes. Mm -hmm. Um, But doing it on stage and looking uh, like Cinderella while I do it um, will be something new. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Before we go back to final thoughts, I am curious if there's any um, advice or thoughts you would share with a 15-year-old that's considering Mm. training overseas and having to take that journey Um, alone? Well, I would say as a dancer, as a 15 year old dancer, if you love doing the work, like being in the studio and working hard, and that's the part you love, like you love the process, then go for it Mm -hmm. because that's what you're going to be doing pretty much most of your time. Um, Going overseas, it's kind of hard because I was kind of I was so weird. <laughs> I was uh, pretty, I want to say mature for my age in mm-hmm. that. Um, I knew how to take care of myself. And I mean, I was with like-minded people. I think that's why I was so excited to go because I was going to be with a bunch of other ballet dancers my age. Like that was so cool. I was still going to public high school mm-hmm. and like, I didn't want to be there. I wanted to be in the studio. Mm-hmm. And the reason I wanted to go to this school was because that's, we did that all day long. We had so many classes, mm-hmm. just like a lot of dancers do here at Nashville Ballet School. Um, so I think that's not really for overseas people. That's just for kids that want to know if they want to do this for yeah. a profession. I would say if you get satisfaction out of working hard and sweating and perfecting your craft in the studio, then I think that's a good sign that, you're cut out for this. Yeah. So how did you balance school? What did that look like over there? I did school online. Okay. Um, just finished my high school online. Yeah. <laughs> That's they, easy, easier now too. Uh, British schools are different. So they, um, they have something called B levels and A levels. So uh, A levels, it's kind of like they start college like earlier. It's just a whole different system. Okay. So they only had to do one class. A day, So I would do that class, which counted as credit for my American school, but then I would also have to do other classes mm-hmm. because I required more. Okay. Yeah. For back here. I have a question for you. What, you know, your colleagues from that time, mm-hmm. where are they now? Oh, okay. So my best friends at school were uh, Donald Tom, who he was at, he was in the Royal Ballet Company. And now he's a solo, and he's Canadian. And now he's a soloist at National Valley of Canada. Um, my friend Chase, who was became uh, principal at Ballet West, oh, wow. and now is at just moved to Houston. Small world. Yeah, and uh, my other friend Skyler uh, is a soloist at English National Ballet. Skyler's a a, a, a man. Yeah, uh, I think what's his last name? Martin. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've heard of and her. then my friend Mariana, she um, danced in Leeds, England. Um, 
And uh, I think she's still there now. Yeah. For the audience watching, um, what do you hope they take away from Cinderella? I hope they feel um, transformed by the music. I hope the music kind of leads everything. Mm -hmm. I hope they find a lot of humor in the darkness of the score with the stepsisters. I think it's really genius how it's so comical, but that music can be sound kind of dark and ominous and, you know, suppressing to Cinderella. So I love the contrast of the humor. Um, And I hope they just kind of have a lovely journey that inspires a lot of hope, strength, and just kindness. Kindness is kind of the prevailing thing. That's the reason why she gets her shoes and her dress Mm -hmm. and gets to go to the ball is because she showed kindness to the um, beggar. So, yeah. And even at the end when, when, you know, those terrible, terrible stepsisters realize finally that they're, you know, not going to get married to the prince who Cinderella (laughs) is, which is a big shock there. She just says, I know, (laughs) I forgive you. Yeah, no grudges. No grudges. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Jamie. Of course. Thank you. Thank you for joining us for this latest installment of Nashville Ballet's podcast series, Inside the Ballet. To learn more about our performances, virtual season releases, community engagement initiative, and more, visit NashvilleBallet.com. <laughs>